Our top stories tonight, the New York Jets are well underway. It was day three of training camp for the Jets, and there's some good news. Corey Davis is looking good. McCole Hardman's looking good. Tyler Conklin's catching a touchdown. Jeremy Ruckert, the third-round tight end from last year, looking like he could break out. But Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are not yet on the same page. Should we be worried? Is Garrett Wilson being overdrafted in fantasy football? We'll get into it on Player Profiler today. Here to say no, Garrett Wilson is not overrated, but Let's actually dive into it because the first two days of training camp were rough for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers was struggling. The Jets offense was struggling and the defense was overpowering. But the Jets defense is pretty damn good. Sauce Gardner might be the best cornerback in the league opposite DJ Reed. The two of them might be the best defensive duo at cornerback in the NFL. Throw in Michael Carter, a top 10 slot corner probably throw in a fierce pass rush as well in the New York Jets. The defense looks good. It comes as no surprise that the offense struggled for the first couple days, but they hit their stride today. Aaron Rodgers dominates, carves up the defense. He throws a touchdown pass to Corey Davis. Check out the player profiler account on Twitter at Roto Underworld because it was a beauty. And what if we're wrong? about Corey Davis. What if Corey Davis is not the wide receiver for what if Corey Davis is actually the wide receiver too for the New York Jets? What if it's Garrett Wilson at one Corey Davis at two, and then Alan Lazard is playing in the slot. McCole Hardman is still the gadget player that he was for the Kansas city chiefs and at Georgia. What if Corey Davis is just being completely under drafted? And what if, because Corey Davis means more than we think. What if Garrett Wilson? What if Garrett Wilson doesn't see the type of volume that we predict? Because Corey Davis is a talented receiver. He's a wide receiver too. Make no mistake. He is not a wide receiver one. He is not going to out-target Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson will lead the New York Jets in targets. But Corey Davis is a threat to do more than we expect. Alan Lazard is the safety blanket for Aaron Rodgers. He comes with him from Green Bay. They've worked together. And Alan Lazard knows where he's supposed to be on every single play. That is something that Garrett Wilson is going to have to learn. Garrett Wilson is an improvisational route runner. He gets open, but it's not always in the amount of steps that you expect. It's not always in the position you expect, but he's going to get open. It's just how open and where, where is he going to be? And we've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle with that type of wide receiver time after time, after time, Devonte Adams struggled for years with Aaron Rodgers. It was a rough start for Devonte Adams. He was able to score touchdowns, but Devonte Adams had some rough years getting to work with Aaron Rodgers, getting to, the level of play where he could be where Aaron Rodgers wanted and when. And that 
is something that might take time for Garrett Wilson. He might not hit the ground running with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers knows he's the best wide receiver on the Jets. Aaron Rodgers saw that he had one-on-one coverage on a deep ball, Garrett Wilson versus Sauce Gardner. So he took it, made the correct read. Now, there's some debate whether it was Sauce Gardner saucing Garrett Wilson up or was it Aaron Rodgers underthrowing the pass? Either way, it falls incomplete. And the New York Jets and Garrett Wilson. It's not going to destroy Garrett Wilson. He is going to be solid. But we've already pushed him up into what? A top five wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver. I think Garrett Wilson's phenomenal. But we might have just pushed him up a little bit high. Respect the opinion, but the content machine is always slow around this time. It is, but that doesn't mean what I'm saying is not true. It doesn't mean that Garrett Wilson is just a lock to produce in fantasy football. What if the New York Jets, this offense becomes more of a spread the love offense than we expect them to be? Again, Garrett Wilson will lead in targets. He will be the wide receiver one. He will be the number one fantasy scorer on the New York Jets. But by how much? Because we're seeing Corey Davis pop off. We're seeing Al Mazard. He already knows the offense. McCole Hardman. We hear all this hype for the tight ends. Tyler Conklin. Jeremy Ruckert supposed to break out. They still have CJ Uzama. They added Randall Cobb. Brees Hall in the backfield. Now, I'm not going to say. There are too many mouths to feed, but what if Garrett Wilson is just being a little bit overvalued? And it becomes even more interesting when you compare him to Chris Alave. Now, granted, different quarterback situations, but who would you rather have? <laughs> oh, okay, I'd rather have Andy Dalton than, than Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Andy Dalton versus Mike White. That's a conversation, though. But anyways... It was a 24.9% target share for Garrett Wilson last year versus Chris Alave, who had a 26.7% target share, 15th for Alave, 21st for Garrett Wilson. Air yards. Chris Alave won again, 8th in air yards with over 1,600. Garrett Wilson, 11th, pretty dominant in commanding air yards, but 11th, 1,575 yards, yards per route run. Chris Olave was more efficient, 2.57 yards per route run. That was 10th for Chris Olave. Whereas Garrett Wilson, he was 29th at 2.02 yards per target. That was better for Chris Olave, 8.8, 27th among receivers versus 59th for Garrett Wilson. And now these aren't all universal metrics because Garrett Wilson did have some poor quarterback play that led to some inefficiencies, but Then you look at the route win rate. Garrett Wilson, route win rate of 42.3%, 39th among wide receivers versus Chris Olave, who was a 48.1% route win rate. That was 12th among all receivers. 12th for Chris Olave, 39th for Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave got more open last year than Garrett Wilson, independent of the quarterback. And a 40.2 win rate versus man, that was 19th for Chris Olave, whereas Garrett Wilson, 35.9%, that was 45th among wide receivers. And John might be right. Chris Olave very well might be the better pick 
than Garrett Wilson. They are so identical. They are Spider-Man meme looking at each other. Garrett Wilson, better after the catch. Chris Olave has not been particularly great after the catch, but again, he's getting a quarterback upgrade as well. So what if when the ball's put in a little bit better place downfield, he's able to make some plays after the catch? It's possible. He's not going to all of a sudden become a yak monster, but it can improve just as Garrett Wilson's route running and route win percent can improve. But these are all things to take note of. I love Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver one in dynasty football at the very least. He's just no guarantee to be a wide receiver one. In 2023, he and Aaron Rodgers are going to have some figuring out to do. There is a lot of time for it to happen, but it has to happen. Otherwise, Garrett Wilson might just be a little bit overdrafted at this point. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. We love Garrett Wilson, but there's a chance he's a little bit overdrafted. This New York Jets offense is going to be a little bit more spread the love than we want it to be. But if you want to draft Garrett Wilson over on the FFPC, the Podfather has the way to do it. Take it away. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... uh, 
It is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Go get it. The draft kit is truly out of this world, and so is the FFPC. We do have an unfortunate update on Dalvin Cook. There are rumors abound with Dalvin Cook. Apparently, teams are worried about a possible suspension for the civil domestic violence case where Dalvin Cook has also filed a countersuit for defamation. If you don't remember back in 2021, it was the Adam Schefter tweet. Adam Schefter comes out, tweets that Dalvin Cook has been the victim of domestic abuse. And then we hear from the other side that they are also alleging that Dalvin Cook was abusive to them. And so this is a back and forth. It's been going on since 2021. And so it's interesting that just now people start talking about this as an issue. This has absolutely been hanging over his head. But with no trial date set until 2024, we know how the NFL works. We know that the NFL will wait as long as possible to make a decision. And so any team signing Dalvin Cook for this year, they're probably not thinking suspension, but allegedly it has teams second-guessing a longer-term contract for Dalvin Cook. I always imagined it'd be a one-year deal anyways, maybe a two that they could get out of. But this is just another thing to know for Dalvin Cook. Don't expect him to miss any time this year. Next year, this, this is very much an Alvin Kamara situation where trial set for next year, expect Dalvin Cook to play the whole season. But then next year, the question marks will reemerge and we will see what ends up happening. We will keep you posted. But just the rumors we're hearing from the grapevine, just the little birds talking about what's going on in the NFL. We also got some updates on the rookies and Bryce Young. Bryce Young signs his contract four years, 38 million, fully guaranteed. Congrats to Bryce Young. Get that bag, deserves every penny. But it is staggering when you compare 38 million or 41 million, depending on who you read. Rappaport reported 38, Schefter reported 41. Either way, roughly $10 million per year for Bryce Young, life changing money. Whereas Will Levis, Will Levis, who was drafted at the top of round two, Will Levis signs a four-year deal as well. His deal is worth $9.54 million. Will Levis' deal is worth about a quarter of what Bryce Young gets. And that is just, it, it hurts my heart. Poor Will Levis. The guy did everything he possibly could have. He balled out through the process, dominated at the combine. Just... It is what it is. Teams didn't believe in Will Levis, and he misses out on millions and millions and millions. I hope he can make it back. I hope that Will Levis goes out, balls out. And the nice thing for Will Levis, at the very least, he doesn't have a fifth-year option. Bryce Young, Panthers can pick up his fifth-year option. It's a four-year deal, five years of team control, whereas Will Levis... He would go right to the franchise tag after that fourth year. That is a much bigger bump than the fifth-year option. And Bryce Young still has to deal with that franchise tag. Potentially, after five years, he's still under team control for a sixth year. So there is 
a silver lining and there is plenty of hope for Will Levis to get his payday. It's just going to take some time and he's going to make nowhere near what Price Young makes. Levis might, Levis might, he's not this year's Zach Wilson. That's impossible. Zach Wilson went second overall. Will Levis didn't. Will Levis is based on draft capital and what happened. He's a lot closer to Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter than he is to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson probably should have been drafted round two. Much more of a project quarterback than people wanted to admit when he went second overall, but as a bust. Even even then, I don't know if you can call Will Levis a true bust because he went in the second round. It's, there's different levels of expectations. I think if we just compare them as prospects where they're a project quarterback that's going to need a lot of work, then yeah, we, we can go that. We can go that route where Will Levis probably should sit behind Ryan Tannehill for this entire year. Then maybe next year we see what he is. But Zach Wilson was a flame out like no other. Final rookie update. Well, I can't even say like no other. There were plenty of other quarterbacks that flamed out worse than Zach Wilson. But anyways, I digress. Other rookie update. The final rookie update that we have is Zay Flowers. We're hearing hype in the media that Zay Flowers is the best wide receiver that the Baltimore Ravens had throughout OTAs and minicamp. Even better than Odell Beckham Jr. <gasps> Except at OTAs, there was no Odell. O Odell didn't practice one day at OTAs. And then minicamp rolled around and he practiced a day and a half. Okay, so Zay Flowers in 10, 12 days of practice looked better than Odell Beckham did in a practice and a half. Wow. Amazing. Such breaking news. Oh, and also, by the way, Rashad Bateman wasn't at those practices either. Rashad Bateman didn't practice at all at OTAs, didn't practice at all on minicamp, didn't show up to training camp. We'll update you more on that when we know, but just be careful what you read this time of year. Because I have no doubt that Zay Flowers was the best wide receiver at OTAs and minicamp. I have no doubt that Odell Be Beckham and his first practice and a half didn't look as good as a 21-year-old who runs 4-3. That's not surprising. I'm not surprised that Zay Flower looked better than Nelson Aguilar. But it's minicamp in OTAs. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Thoughts on Roshan Johnson? I know he, it's early in the offseason, but I love me the real Rojo. Oh, goodness. I don't love the name Rojo for Roshan Johnson, but I do love Roshan Johnson, and I agree. Khalil Herbert is going to get the first crack at the running back one job for the Chicago Bears. But Khalil Herbert has some serious limitations. He isn't good in the passing game, and he is horrific as a pass blocker. And earlier this offseason, the Bears offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, gave two things that a running back must do. The first most important thing that a running back must do is protect the quarterback. That's something Khalil Herbert has not done in his career. And that's something that Roshan Johnson did very, very, very well in college. He might already be the best pass block blocking back on the roster. He really already might be because Khalil Herbert, he's not good at it. 
Dante Foreman's never been good at it. He hasn't really been asked to do it that much, but he's not good at it. Travis Homer is currently, based on the skills that we know at the NFL, he's the best pass blocker, but I'm not going to be surprised if Roshan Johnson as a day one rookie, sorry, as a rookie from day one, is a better pass blocker than Travis Homer because he's a more impressive physical specimen. (laughs) So, yeah. I believe that Roshan Johnson is going to be a hit. I believe he's going to take over this backfield and be the lead back by Halloween at the latest. Roshan Johnson is going to give you some great fantasy performances, and he could be a league winner down the stretch. I don't want to say he is, but he is someone that definitely could. Is there any other rookie? Is there, is there a rookie sleeper we all need to be watching other than Prince in Kansas City? Generic Prince is a name to know, name to follow, but Daenerys Prince is an undrafted free agent. We do have to remember that. Isaiah Pacheco's the RB1. Jarek McKinnon's the passing down back. He has to beat out Clyde Edwards Elaire to make the roster, and that is very possible. I believe that there is a world where Clyde Edwards Elaire gets cut, but it's no slam dunk. So while I am excited about Daenerys Prince, it's probably not going to happen this year, anyways. But it could. Name to watch. But no one else that really stands out right now. It's all the names that we already know, right? It's just so many names that we've been talking about for months after month after month. Anyways, moving on to the rest of the news around the NFL. Also, happy to have the Harry Snowman on the show. Out on OBJ and Bateman, give me flowers. Odell Beckham is going to have a wide receiver one week this season. The wide receiver one week. He's going to have a two-touchdown game, but he's not going to be a consistent fantasy starter. You're never going to know when to actually start Odell Beckham, but in best ball, when you get that wide receiver one overall week, probably has another maybe two or three wide receiver one as in top 12 weeks. So I do like Odell Beckham. It's just going to be tough to actually start him ever. But moving on to the news around the NFL, Buda Baker reports to training camp for the Arizona Cardinals. We know he's not happy with his contract. He has asked for a trade. He wants more money. He wants to be paid as one of the top safeties in the league. Probably not going to happen. Cardinals probably not going to redo his contract. Doesn't really have any leverage, has to show up, and it is what it is. But there is another contract holdout that is an actual holdout. Something that doesn't really exist in the modern NFL and shouldn't really exist based on the CBA rules. So Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, they're holding out, yes, but they also haven't signed their franchise tag, so they're not actually under contract. So it's different. They're not going to get fined because they're not under contract. They have no expectation. They're not even allowed to be at camp right now. Whereas Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, all pro defensive tackle Chris Jones, defensive player of the year finalist, he's not showing up, does not report, the Kansas City training camp, he will be fined almost $50,000 per day missed at training camp. So one day, it's $50,000. Two days, $100,000. That adds up really, really 
really quickly. 20 days of a holdout, and that's a million dollars. That's a lot of money for Chris Jones to forego. He believes that by holding out, he will spur action on a contract that will make any $50,000 a day fine worth it, no matter how long this goes. But uh, I, don't, I don't see how he wins this. The Chiefs don't have to re-sign him. The Chiefs could very well trade him for asking for a top-of-the-market deal like they did with Tyree Kill. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Chris Jones. I just do not understand a holdout in today's NFL. $50,000 per day. That is so much money. That is and they can't waive them. It used to be, yeah, you'd get fined every day, but the team could decide after the fact, oh, okay, well, we're not going to fine you. We'll, we'll give you the money back. But no, it's not even an option anymore. You must collect the fines. Chris Jones must pay roughly $50,000 a day. Oh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I don't know how it's going to work out. And I don't know how it's going to work out for the running backs either. There is a running back meeting on Zoom tonight. Could very well be happening as we speak right now, but Austin Eckler has organized all of the top running backs across the league. We're looking at some collective action from the running back position. They are going to work together to have their contract issues addressed. Like with Chris Jones, it's going to get worse before it gets better, but this collective action by the running back position led by Austin Eckler. Hey, it's going to be a fun story to follow. I hope it works out. But again, the con collective bargaining agreement isn't up until 2030. So it might be until 2030 before running backs are actually treated properly. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.